the New Testament, and we're going to be in uh, really one place today for our text. It's going to be in Luke chapter 10 today. And Luke is in the New Testament, like I said, it's about two-thirds of the way into your Bible. When you get to Matthew, Mark, and you'll find Luke there. If you get to John, then go to the left, and you'll find Luke, and we're going to be in chapter 10. I know here, up here on the screen it says uh, Matthew chapter 25, and this morning I don't think we're going to get to Matthew chapter 25, but certainly you'll be talking about Matthew 25 in your small groups this week. Um, also, on novachurch.org, you're going to find all these sermons in this series, and the audio files are there. Also, the notes that are, are there ready to be downloaded by you off of your computer. We are in this new series that we began just a few weeks ago. It's, it's really a series all about what Nova Church is and the attributes that Nova Church has. And we've been talking about things like worship and our gathering. Last week, Pastor John talked about being a loving church. And of course, we're going to be a loving church. And, and, our, and our name speaks to this, this idea of loving. It's Nova Community. And the, the community part's really important uh, for us. And the community aspect really informs us of two types of community. One type of community is the community that we have with one another. It's the loving that we have with one another here. But we're also part of a regional community, a, a community called the South Bay region or the South Bay community. And then even further in our county, in our state, our nation, and even we're part of a, a global community. And we're going to talk about um, as, as much as we're a loving church with one another, we're going to talk about caring for our community and, and outside of these four walls and outside of the relationships that we have here. We're going to talk today about caring, and we're really not just going to talk about it, we're going to do something about it as the people of Nova are continuing to do something about caring for this community. I'm going to read you our text for today to begin. It's in Luke chapter 10. And it's an often read text. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And so too a Levite, when he came to the place, and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. As we talk about Nova Community Church being a church of compassion, and 
a church that carries out justice, I think it's important that we, we begin with some ideas of what is it to be compassionate? What is it to have justice? In Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 9, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. I thought we'd just begin with some simple definitions of ideas of the word compassion. And compassion is this. It's, it's empathizing and sharing with people who are in difficult and painful circumstances. I, I think the idea of empathizing, we get. It's, it's trying to get in their shoes, feeling what, what they feel. But it's the sharing part that's the compassionate part. It's not just feeling bad for someone. It's literally the sharing of the difficult and painful circumstances of another person. So that's compassion. And if we're going to talk about justice in all of this, as Zechariah chapter 7, verse 9 uh, speaks to us about, justice is important also. It's making right the wrongs in the world. It's making right wrong things. In Psalm 82, the 82nd Psalm, in verse 3, it says, Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. This is the heart of God, this, this compassionate heart, a, a heart of justice. And it's not just feeling for somebody in need, but helping them. And then taking it a step further and saying, we're going to try to make that right wrong, I mean, that wrong right. We're going we're gonna to do something about that. We're going to carry out justice. It's, it's kind of, it could be a controversial topic in some churches and some ministries and some organizations. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who, who was a founder of, an, of a, a compassionate justice organization called Just for One. His name is Charles Lee, and he's helped us with some of the leadership at Nova Community Church. And, and we were talking about the differences between compassion Injustice, And he said, let me explain it to you this way, Dean. He says, let's say your family and my family decided to have a picnic together. And, and we decided to, to pack a lunch and, and go to this beautiful park. And so we went to this park with beautiful trees. And in the shade, we found a wonderful picnic table. And there was a, a wonderful river that was winding through this park. And as we were enjoying our time together and just the fellowship and conversation and, and lunch together, suddenly we hear a, 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 a baby crying in the distance. And someone said it's by the river and so we all got up and ran to the bank of the river and as we're standing at the bank of the river we see a baby floating down the river well really not floating kind of going down and in and uh, under and up and and so uh, we go in and grab this baby and we bring it to the river bank and and uh, uh, Charles's wife Tina and, and my wife Janet are ministering to this child and then we look up and we see another cry of a baby we hear another cry of a baby and another baby is coming down the river and so we go in and rescue that baby and bring him to the side, and we now have two babies with, that we're ministering to, and then a, a third one happens down the river, and Charles and I, and, and my son Matt, we look at each other and we say, the, the question is, right, it's who's throwing these babies in the river, right? See, compassion is ministering to those babies that were, you know, drowning in the river. Justice is going upstream and saying, who's doing this, and we're going to stop you from doing this. That's the difference between compassion, or that's how compassion and justice uh, work together. Nova Community Church is a church of compassion. It's a church of justice, and I took some opportunity to grab some pictures and put together a video for you to take a look at. This is Nova Cares.
hearts are, are being moved just by pictures of, of reaching out to people and with compassion and with justice. But did you know that God is unfair? That God doesn't treat everyone equally? He actually gives preference to the needy. You can ask any theologian and he'll tell you that, that God has a definite bias toward the poor. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13, it says, If a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. There are over 2,000 verses of Scripture that call upon us to respond to the needs of the poor and the, and the, the broken and the disenfranchised. And this love for uh, those who God loves preferentially is at the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Last week, Pastor John uh, led us in, a, in, a, in a, a selected scripture study of 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 17 in 1 John chapter 3 it says if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him how can the love of God be in him? Well the answer is it, it really can't. In, in America there's a lot, of, a lot of poverty. Throughout the world there really is but just let me give you an, an idea of, of being poor in America and what that's like. 37 million in America live in poverty. That's a little, out of a little over 300 million, 37 million live in poverty. That's one in eight Americans, roughly, live, uh, um, live in America and are poor. According, now, here's the question. What does it mean to be poor? According to the U.S. Census Bureau, a family of two adults and two children, that's a family of four, it's considered poor if their pre-tax dollars are below $21,027. 
That means a family of four lives on less than $14.40 a day. However, almost half of the world's population, that's 3 billion people, live on less than $2.50 a day. That's the difference here. But I think it's important for us to, to ask ourselves, what causes this poverty and in, in this neediness in our, in our world? Well, the Bible speaks to this, and it's not exhausting as what causes all these things, but let's take a look at what the Bible says. What causes this poverty and neediness? Well, the first is injustice. That's what causes some of this. And it says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 23, the field of the poor yields abundant food, but without justice, it's swept away. So sometimes the actions, and sometimes they're immoral actions, of others causes poverty. And, and there are those who have lost their jobs, they have lost their businesses, or their homes, or their savings, because of the actions of others. And so there's this sense of injustice. The second thing that the Bible says about what causes poverty and neediness is sickness does. And in Mark chapter 5, uh, we're told of a woman who was, a sub, who was subject to bleeding for 12 years, and she came to Jesus to be healed. And during those 12 years, though, we're told in verse 26 of Mark chapter 5 that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And so there are times, and we know it, that even though you have good health insurance and there are some who don't have insurance at all, that a crippling disease or a sickness can drain your finances and leave you in a, in a great need. So what causes poverty and, and, uh, uh, and neediness? Well, it, it's injustice, it's sickness. The third is laziness. It's kind of our go-to one, I think. And when we see someone in poverty, we, we say, well, obviously they are. But it's not just laziness. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23, however, says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. There are some who are needy because they are lazy. It's as simple as that. And they, they, they just don't want to work. And they don't want to work, and so they make excuses about how they've been treated unfairly, and, and there's injustices and all sorts of things. But it's, it's obvious, and the Bible speaks to this, that laziness causes uh, poverty and, and neediness. The last one is this. It's sinful behavior also causes uh, poverty and neediness. In Proverbs chapter 23, in verse 21 it says, For drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. There are many who are addicts and alcoholics and self-focused or self-centered who have nothing to live on, and they're in need because of this sinful behavior, this self-centeredness. They only live for the next self-focused fix that they want or need or feel like that, that they need. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 18, it says, he who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction, well, that person is honored. And interestingly enough, the other thing that causes poverty and neediness is, is God's calling. Sometimes God's calling uh, causes poverty and neediness. Sometimes people are so focused on following the Lord and serving Him, and His call on their lives are so strong that they will voluntarily give up material possessions in order to follow him and obey God, God's calling in their life. And, and it's part of their calling, perhaps. We remember the disciples in the early parts of the Gospels that they left businesses and they left 
homes and they left all these things in order to follow Jesus. And there are many reasons why there's neediness in our world and poverty. But I've, I've mentioned here some, but there's so many others. But the question here before us now is, how then do we respond? Jesus says, the poor will always be with you. So how do we as a, as a community, as a, as, a, as a church, respond to this neediness? How are we to compassionately reach out to those in need? Well, let's take a look at this. How will Nova Church care for the needy? Well, the first is this, with kindness. This is how we'll care for the needy, with kindness. In Luke chapter 10, in our text, we read, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, he was on a, going to a destination. He had business to do, perhaps. and Perhaps he was on a holiday and he was on vacation, but he was going to some place. He had an agenda. He had a focus. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He was kind to him. Proverbs chapter 19, it says, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he's done. We are to be kind to the poor, regardless of how they got that way. We are not to despise them or make light of people who are in need. This is how Nova Church will respond to those in need with kindness. The second is this. We will respond to them as, with, as in defense of them, as defenders. In our text in Luke chapter 10, it reads this way in verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He, he didn't defend him. He didn't come to his aid. And so to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he too passed by on the other side. And then it reads, but a Samaritan did something different. Not just with kindness, but as a defender of this, of this man who was robbed and beaten. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 9, it says, Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. When you see someone who is in need, maybe being made fun of, maybe you see someone who's being oppressed, taken advantage of simply because of their situation of poverty, of brokenness. We're to defend them. This is going to be the Nova way. We are going to respond with kindness, and we're going to respond in defense of these people. And that means the person at school that you see that's being marginalized or, or, or pushed to the edges, being made fun of, well, you're going to step up, and you're going to defend them. You see someone at work who is, everyone sort of calls the quirky one, you know, sort of sets them aside. The Nova way, you as a person of Nova Community Church, is going to be one who's going to be a defender. This means a person at school, at work, in your neighborhood, in your community. This is how we're going to respond to them. The third way that Nova Church will respond to the needy is with dignity with kindness, in, in, in defense of, and with dignity. In our text in Luke chapter 10, it says, The next day the Samaritan took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. This Samaritan knew that this man was robbed. All of his money was, was, was taken. And so he needed help. 
And so he took him to this place where he could minister to him and he paid the innkeeper. And then he said to the innkeeper, this guy doesn't have any money. I'm not going to shame him. Let him stay here. Take care of him. When I come back, I'm going to reimburse you for any expense, knowing that this man had no money. We are not making assumptions about how anyone got into that life circumstance that they got. I was at the feeding ministry last Friday and... and uh, this, this church family overflows with compassion. I mean, there were many more volunteers than were needed. And, and the kitchen was a, a, a buzz with volunteers chopping onions and tomatoes and lettuce and cooking hot dogs and stirring pots of chili. And it, was, it was a great experience to have. But more than that, in the dining room when, when people came to, to eat because they were hungry, um, they weren't just hungry for food. They were hungry for friendship. And Nova people sat down with them, eye-to-eye contact. When most people don't even want to make eye contact with someone who's, who's poor in need like that. I saw people um, reaching out and putting a hand on a shoulder, a loving touch. And maybe that's the only loving touch they ever had on that day. Someone actually sat down and asked them questions. How are you? And, and what's your name? And it's, it's with dignity that we'll reach out to the poor and to the needy. Tony Campolo, who's a Christian author and, and speaker, he, he writes a story I'd like to read to you. He says, whenever you meet a suffering person, Campolo writes, you'll find that Jesus is there waiting to be loved in that individual. And that's why Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these brothers of mine, you do for me. You cannot reach out to a person in need and you cannot embrace somebody who's hurting and you cannot minister to someone who is in desperate straits without having that eerie and wonderful awareness that Jesus is coming back at you right through that person. He says, I was walking down the street in Philadelphia and a bum came towards me. I mean, a dirty, filthy guy, he says. He was covered in, with soot from head to toe and you couldn't believe how messed up he was. He had this huge beard and there was, it's kind of gross, but there was rotting food stuck to that beard. And as he approached me, Campolo says, he held out a cup of McDonald's coffee. And he said, hey, mister, you want some of my coffee? Well, I looked at this dirty, filthy man and said, thanks, but that's okay. And I walked by him. And then I thought to myself, the minute I passed him, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. So I turned around and I said, excuse me, I would like some of your coffee. And so that man held out his cup and I took that cup and I sipped some of his coffee and I gave it back to him and I said to him you're being generous why are you being so generous today and this bum looked at me and said because the coffee was especially delicious today and I think when God gives you something special you ought to share it with other people Campolo says I didn't know how to handle that so I said um, can I give you anything I thought he'd hit me up for five bucks, he said. And the man said no. And then he said, well, yeah, yeah. I've changed my mind. There is something you can give me. You can give me a hug. And Campolo says, I was hoping just for five bucks to get to... <laughs> I think you understand, right? So he put his arms around me and I put my arms around him 
And as I and my suit and tie and he and his filthy garb hugged each other on the streets of Philadelphia, I had this strange awareness that I wasn't hugging a bum. I was hugging Jesus. And I found Jesus in that suffering man. How will Nova Church care for the needy? We're going to do it with kindness. That's, that's for sure. And we're going to do it in defense of people who are needy. We're going to do it with dignity. And we're going to love people with friendship. In Luke chapter 10, verse 34, the Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And when he put the man on his, and then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, and he took care of him. We are in this community together, and there are people in need all around. And we have sweet fellowship here. We, we, we do. This is a sweet church, a loving church. But we could share. There is so much love here. We can share beyond these four walls and with one another. Would, would you agree with me there? Sure we do. And we can offer this loving church family that, that's growing and growing in acceptance and in, in grace. We can offer this church family that we can help reparent people who weren't parented well. We can give them direction and accountability and, and friendship. We can point them to Jesus Christ, of course. So how will Nova Church care for the needy? We're going to do it with kindness. We're going to do it as defenders. We're going to do it with dignity. And we're going to do it with friendship. And there's been a lot of talk here. I feel like I've talked a lot, a lot of scriptures read. And uh, I say let's do a little more action here, a little less talk, a little more action. I want to show you a video of a ministry that we're going to launch today, and we're going to need your help. So let's take a look at this. This is Laundry Love Project Berkeley, a Just for One initiative where we take people in the community of Berkeley who have much and those who have little and simply bring them together in unity with quarters, laundry detergent, wonderfully smelling dryer sheets, and a volunteer staff to share in each other's lives with pure love.
Love Project is an opportunity to help people who are struggling financially by assisting them with their laundry. For those living below the poverty line, washing clothes presents a logistical problem as well as a financial hardship. And the mission of a Laundry Love Project is to take laundromats of all places and convert them into hubs of relief and friendship for those who are living in poverty. So we're going to put our love and compassion into action starting today with a new project. We already serve the hungry 30 times a year. I'm thinking maybe we can do compassion and justice ministry maybe 52 times a year, once a week. And that would be a good goal to look for and to shoot for for Nova Community Church. Today under the canopy, we're going to begin taking sign-ups for those who want to be involved in Nova's Laundry Love Project. And here's what we'll need right in the beginning. We're going to need leadership. That means we're going to need people who can envision a, a project like a Laundry Love Project and, and be able to break it into some steps in which we can, we can actually uh, put one of these together. So we're going to need leadership. We're going to need administrative people, people who can put together a door hanger or a flyer that we can advertise our Laundry Love Project with. We're going to need people who can calendar dates and, and look at them clearly as they would fit in our church calendar and with communication. And, and we're going to want to communicate some of this, not just in, in a hard copy form, but also on the, on the web. And then we're going to need some logistics people. So leadership, administration, and logistics people right in the beginning for equipment and securing donations, quarters, and and volunteer recruitment. So if you're part of those, if you say, you know, that's, that's me, I'm, I'm leadership or I'm administration or I'm logistics, we need you to sign up today under the canopy. You'll see the sign that says Laundry Love. And then all the rest of you who say, I just want to go help. You know, I want to go meet people. I want to go help people do laundry. We'll sign you up at another time. But right at the beginning, we need leadership, we need administration, and we need logistics people to launch Nova's Laundry Love Project. That sound good? Yeah, I'm excited about that. I want to just close with this last scripture. In Isaiah chapter 58, we read of Isaiah's prophetic call to people 2,700 years ago. And the people of Isaiah's day heard Isaiah's words different than we do today. As followers of Jesus Christ, we know that Jesus came to bring justice with his power, and he came to buy justice with his blood. And therefore, when we read these words in Isaiah 58, it, it's a call for us to do justice and to love mercy and keep this in mind. Because Christ has come to, to, to show us justice so that we could see it. We could see justice. And he brought justice by his death so that we could do justice. In Isaiah chapter 58, I'm just going to read this to you and we'll close with this. Isaiah writes, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice and to set the oppressed free? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them? And then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The Lord will guide you always and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame, and you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And your people, your people will, will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. 
you will be called repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with Just before Plaza time this morning, we want to uh, recognize Ron and Jane Brookshire. Ron and Jane, would you come and stand with me on the platform, please? Ron and Jane are leaving this evening for Haiti, where they 